Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Do not violate COVID curfew rules in the Philippines, everybody. What's up, boys and girls? You're listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel. My infrastructure needs rebuilding. Cheeseman. And I'm Chad. I did not eat the hot chicken so wash. On this week's show, Phenom makes it rain, Uber is in a world of pain, and Atlanta's loss is Denver's gain, and the rain in Spain stays mainly on the plane. You already know that Sovereign makes the world's best resume CV parser, but did you know that Sovereign also makes the world's best AI matching engine? Only Sovereign's AI matching engine goes beyond the buzzwords. With Sovereign, you control how the engine thinks. With every match, the Sovereign engine tells you what matched and exactly how each matching document was scored. And if you don't agree with the way it scored the matches, you can simply move some sliders to tell it to score the matches your way. No other engine on earth gives you that combination of insight and control. With Sovereign, matching isn't some frustrating black box, trust us, it's magic, one-shot deal like all the others. No. With Sovereign, matching is completely understandable, completely controllable, and actually, kind of fun. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. And speaking of dinner... Yes. Stay away from the extra hot chicken, I tell you. <laughs> By the way, I'm, I'm going to need to violate some Filipino curfew laws if I'm going to work off what I ate in Nashville this week. Shout out to Joel's anus. <laughs> <laughs> and you thought it was hot going in. Yeah, we went to, uh, took the kids. Yeah. Just me and the kids and okay. uh, did Nashville, did, uh, you know, Johnny Cash Museum, the zoo. and You and the big kids. Me and the big kids. Yeah, yeah. not the little guy. Uh, he stayed home with mom. And uh, we went to Prince's Nashville Hot Chicken. There and you go. Prince's is, is the OG, the original. The story is he he pissed off his wife once and she made super hot chicken. And he's like, this is the best chicken I've ever had. And thus Nashville Hot Chicken was born. <laughs> I, I don't do that. That's not happening. But uh, I did have uh, actually coincidentally, we didn't plan yeah. this. Uh, Julie and I, we, I mean, we're pretty much vaccinated up. So we were like, fuck this. We're getting out of the house yep. and uh, took a long weekend, had a condo in Nashville, uh, just to walk away from downtown, mm -hmm. I should say right downtown. 
and uh, just had a blast. Enjoyed ourselves just being able to get out of the house. I'm so ready to live my <laughs> vaccinated life. Yeah, Nash Vegas is such a great like staycation destination for Hoosiers. It's like a three four hour drive. You feel like you're in you know a different different country there in the south. Uh, people are nice, <laughs> although the food isn't so nice. Uh, but yeah, actually, funny story. I, I we went up to the counter at, at Prince's, and I said, "Yeah, give me give me the extra hot." And she goes, "Have you ever been here before?" <laughs> I said, "I said no, I haven't." And she said, "Well, our extra hot is everybody else's triple X. You might want to start with medium." And I said, "I think I can do hot." So she brought out some hot, and uh, I could handle it. Uh, I thought I could anyway. I did. I did finish it, but it was rather warm. But it was it was a funny encounter. Like, have you ever been here before? <laughs> you ain't from around here, are you, boy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> No. You sound like a Yankee. Yes. And I'm not ready for that hot chicken. Uh, shout out to uh, old friend. Uh, haven't talked to him in a while. Seth Fight, who is uh, group VP uh, of talent over at Charter Communications. Not a small organization. No. Uh, hoping to actually get Seth on to talk about Spectrum's new minimum wage, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Not to mention some of the, the new COVID business practices and procedures and, and those types of things. Speaking of large organizations, shout out to Amazon and the union vote that is happening as we speak. We should know early next week whether or not Amazon will be unionizing or not. Go union. Where's your money? Where's your money? Yeah. You're, you're betting on the union? Uh, I am I am put going with my heart and what we should be doing and <laughs> going with collective, you know. Uh so yes, yes, that's what I'm that's what I'm going for. I think only half that could vote actually did vote. Yeah. So yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be read, hard. Read that what you will. Yeah, it's gonna read be hard. That what you will. Uh, big shout out to uh, Alexandra Berger over at AMS, Jessica Benjamin from AppCast, and friend of the show, Alin Bailey from Intel. Thanks for listening, engaging with all of these stupid discussions, ladies. Uh, ladies, we appreciate it. Nice. Shout out to millennials. Yeah, you'll you'll never hear me say that. <laughs> Odd. Uh, so a new new survey by Prudential this week says that one third of millennials intend to seek a new job when the pandemic ends. So say goodbye to a third of your millennials, everybody. They're going elsewhere. It's happening. You better get that internal mobility plan fucking locked in. That's all I got to say, because get that retention strategy working now. Yeah, because the kids are leaving. You ain't kidding. Okay, so so some insider baseball here. Uh, yeah. LinkedIn and Indeed had subtle changes to their apply. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, and really what this means is they changed their apply button. LinkedIn's apply button no longer says easy apply. It just says apply now. So why the change? Well, <laughs> because of all the garbage content that doesn't allow anyone to easily apply. So instead of LinkedIn making the move for yeah. better content and a better experience, what do they do? Uh, let's just go ahead and change the button. Yeah. Let's, let's not clean up the garbage heap. Let's just change the button. <laughs> Fucking idiots. All right. So let me get this straight. Uh, the innovation at LinkedIn is defined as going from easy apply to LinkedIn apply. No, it's just apply now. Oh, okay. Yeah, just apply uh, now. Now, on, on the other hand, Indeed jazzed up their easy apply ooh. button on the two pane posting to read 
apply with Indeed. So instead Ooh. of just saying easy apply, they're continuing <laughs> to jam the brand into users' mind every step of the way. I, again, I'm not a huge fan of Indeed's experience overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, from a branding standpoint, yeah, slap that slap that logo on everything you got. And and speaking of jamming the brand, yes. uh, my last shout out goes to Indeed as well. Who you'll remember bought Shift yes. out of the UK back in 2019. Well, Shift is now. Drum roll, please. Indeed, flex. How sexy is that? Who didn't see that coming? <laughs> who, didn't, who didn't see that coming? Yeah. Okay. So nobody's surprised here. Brands, it's a branded house. Nobody's nobody's surprised here, kids. So I've got a couple of podcast recommendations, and then we can just rip off the topics. First and foremost, right. our friend. You might remember him from My Career Fit, Gordon Collier. Remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a new podcast called The Riff Radio Show. So uh, he came on Firing Squad at 2019. This show has nothing to do with the industry. It is just like cool Gen X or music shit. So it's good. Yeah, it's it's, good. Yeah, exactly. His show is on Spotify. It's totally legit. If you're an Xer, it's, it's a must listen. And it's an entirely new way to leverage Spotify's music. So you actually have all of Spotify's music category and the way that he's actually built his podcast pulls in the actual music content, the actual tracks that are on Spotify. It is cool as hell. So check that out again. It's called the Riff Radio Show and one more new podcast just dropped coolest podcast out there i'm telling you other than chen g's it's called <laughs> cult brand secrets it's probably the best brand and marketing podcast out there you can mm-hmm. check it out at cult brand secrets wherever you listen to podcast or just go to cultbrandsecrets.com. cult brand sounds so familiar yeah huh. uh check that out some bald dude named chris nealon yeah he's <laughs> he's he's the host has he left Canada yet? Is that why he's? Uh, I don't think he has yet. With a podcast, yeah, I don't oh, think. Okay. I don't think. I think he should though, because he'll get the shot faster. Yeah, that is that is true. That is true. Topics. Topics. Money, money, money. Money, money, money. Holy shit! Let's let's rock out with our look, la rock out or money, whatever money. it is. So, our boy George LaRock uh, produces the money report, I yes. guess is what I'm going to call it. Uh, the money shot report. Uh, so Q1 of this year the money shot. was global work tech VC's biggest quarter ever. Of course, they've only been doing this since 2017, but still it's a big number. It was basically half in one quarter what all of last year <laughs> was. Yes. Some specifics here: uh, average out or equal out to about two point five seven billion in VCs across ninety deals happening in sixteen countries, and across twenty four subcategories in work tech. There were seven unicorns, which means companies valued at a billion dollars or more. Yep. those included BetterUp, Ginger, Lattice, Modern Health, NextThink, Papaya Global. That's a new one on me, and Personio. Q1 was the biggest quarter ever, as I said, and interest and investment in work tech reflects a resounding level of interest in the changing future of work and the next wave of innovation that's now upon us as we get out of pandemic hell. Yes, yes. And notice 
none of those unicorns, I believe, none of those unicorns are actually in the TA space. They're on the human capital management side of the house. It's interesting because if you take a look at the actual deals that have done, you can take a look at the actual money. I think a third, TA was a third of the size of that of HCM, right? Yep. So still huge deals going to, to, to human capital management side of the house. Uh, so that, that questions, and we'll talk about this with Phenom next, mm-hmm. where are all the talent acquisition platform types of uh, unicorns? Is this, is this space even ripe for unicorns? Buy the rumor, sell the news, I guess, in some cases. <laughs> so you had, you had pandemic fever. Every, everything was remote. Everything was stay at home. Everything was mental health. Everything was managing employees uh, virtually. And you saw the money go in in a huge way. I mean, money just jumped right to that space. We see a huge increase. My prediction, and I think we're getting uh, sowing the seeds of that now, is that TA will be the big winner going into the the future quarters of this year and probably into next year, because as the world is opening up, as money is flooding the system, people are going to need to hire folks and money is going to flow into TA technology as my prediction. Ooh, wow. That's a, that's a expectation right there, Cheeseman. Yeah, I don't think so. I think the money is going to continue <laughs> to stay on the back end because again, we're, we're talking about uh, millennials wanting to leave and companies wanting to be able to have better engagement and better pay systems and, and all those things. Once you actually have the talent, how do you keep the talent? How do you keep them happy? How do you, how do you actually make it easier for them to join communities within your organization, those types of things. So I, I, I think HCM will still easily outpace talent acquisition throughout the rest of the year. Now, here's the question. Yep. Will anybody even get close to the amount of deals that the United States have? I mean, uh, accumulatively, the rest of the world didn't even come close to the amount that the U.S. had. We had 52 deals, had 13 in, U- in the U.K., Spain had five. And I think that was kind of like a blip in the radar. And and, and a big part of that was the number two sized deal from job and talent who are in our space, right? And still have the worst name. But I digress. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Um, but but overall, yeah, I think I think it's pretty cool, but I still believe that HCM is is gonna carry the year. Can we agree that everybody's getting paid? Everybody's getting paid. Everybody's getting paid, baby. And that phenom is getting paid. Holy shit. Phenom people. I guess they're just phenom now. I can't keep up with all the names <laughs> that they go. So they, they raised 100 million ducats in Series D yep. this week to, to scale globally and continue development on its artificial intelligence-driven talent hiring platform. The company last raised $30 million in a Series C in January of 2020 which was led by Westbridge Capital. It's now raised $161 million total in venture capital Hello. since, since its founding in 2010. Uh, Phenom is used by 25,000 recruiters, talent marketers, and hiring managers uh, in 2020, leading to 2 million people being hired on its platform last year. I have a little bit of a soft spot for these guys. Uh, so historically, uh, the, I think the two co-founders, they started by building mobile sites for career a career builder uh-huh. uh you may or may not remember that they the contract ran out i think and they created i momentous which was the second worst name after job and talent 
and they were just doing mobile sites. That grew into Phenom, changed the name. Now it's all candidate uh, experience marketing or whatever they're calling it. And it's paying off. But these guys have grown organically. Really happy for them. Uh, great guys and uh, good on them. Yeah, I, I love Philly. And the people at Phenom have got to be dancing on the ceiling after this one. Uh, Phenom estimates that COVID-19 has had a tremendous impact on the global job market with the prospect of over 100 million workers switching careers by 2030. Phenom CEO Mahe Bayerhedi believes, quote, the golden age of HR and talent is coming. And I tell you what, the guy's getting cash. I hate the label. I hate talent experience management just because (laughs) we have way too many fucking labels as it is. Obviously, this has not impeded their progress, uh, but I I, I love they they pretty much hinted that uh, they're going to go IPO. Uh, the big question is, you know, where does this money go? They've made three acquisitions since uh, September of 2020. Yep. Um, and I'm going to predict, I mean, they focus on hyper growth through s- sales, marketing, partnership development. The, the biggest problem I do see is now they have to force their way into partnerships through client acquisition. And I say that because they're becoming such a threat to more of the core pr- platforms, not to mention, what do you what do you think the possibility of Phenom turning into a Radency or Symphony Talent tech focused agency? I mean, which would be a huge threat to the recruitment ad agencies, right? Do you think that they might go that way? It just kind of the the whole experience piece. It just it, it almost feels like that's where they're going. If we look at this historically, uh, you know, we were saying in two thousand and three, like. What what great it, how great it would be to be the ATS. You own everything. It's so hard to leave. Uh, job boards come and go, yeah. and we, we've we've continued this whole like plat- one platform to rule them all. Who's going to own the company career site? Who's going to own that one stop shop? And and to me, it's sort of this battle between the established ATSs in the industry, and then you have these up and then you have sort of the the layers the layers of that that came around. Uh, you mentioned rated C, Phenom, uh, et cetera. And then now you have this up and coming group, which let's agree everyone thinks, you know, the Seekouts, the Olivias of the world are all hoping to be platforms, similarly to how ATSs are platforms. So I don't know how the hell this whole thing is going to shake out. Um, I think there'll be multiple winners and just the best companies uh, will win. But for sure, at some point, you stop be- being a friend. And you become a frenemy and then eventually you become an enemy. And I think Phenom is probably in that frenemy zone right now and yeah. at risk of being com- becoming an enemy uh, to quite a few players. And yeah. uh, we'll see how that shakes out. Yeah. You get that kind of money. You have no other choice than to obviously build, right? Become bigger, take more market. Oh, uh, they're going to be expand. fine. A third of millennials are leaving. A third of millennials <laughs> need jobs. Come on. <laughs> Hundred so, millions a drop in the bucket. So again, uh, but but <laughs> but but again, they they're either IPO or they're bought by a SAP. You know, so uh, yeah, the, the, the threat the threat for the core platforms, the applicant tracking systems, and all the CRMs that are out there. Well, obviously CRMs. Um, it's 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 going to be a frenemy kind of scenario. 
Yeah. And, you know, we talked about ISIMs going public uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think. Uh, yeah. if, it's a rumor still, uh, but you got to think that if ISIMs goes and they have a really successful Wall Street uh, entry, that you're going to see more ATSs go public. You're going to see the iMomentuses of the world. You're going to see a flood of it. <laughs> iMomentus. <Now>, <laughs> <if, laughs> did I say iMomentus? You did. Holy shit. I hope you got that on tape. I did. Yeah. See, I, I basically live in 2010. Uh, <laughs> anyway, if iSims falls on its face, it'll be really bad, but I think they'll be fine. I don't think they're going to have a problem with that. Uh, but you, guess who else lives in 2010? Oh, please tell me it's Dice. Art Zeal, CEO Art of Zeal. Yes, yes, yes. So quote from Art Zeal and, and from some article, I can't remember where I found it, but we are 100% tech focused and have created a platform that allows for end-to-end -end engagement between recruiters and technologists, ultimately speeding up the vetting process, recruiting time to hire, blah, blah, blah. He's talking about new profiles, updated this new lipstick on that pig. I mean, yeah. what the fuck? Is there anything of actual use here that's new and going to help DICE move forward and anything that's even close to innovative? <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, like the credit to them is they're at least moving a little bit away from we're just a job board. You look at Upwork, you look at Fiverr, you look at, at marketplaces that are, that are booming from a shareholder value perspective. And Dice is trying to move into that that position. Uh, look, they keep losing money. They uh, they they're not growing. Um, I mean, it's it's a hell mary pass. Uh, it's it's nothing to what nothing compared to what uh, their competitors are doing. I mean, GitHub is in and of itself destroying companies like Dice. Uh, real good tech people don't hang out on job boards. They don't yeah. hang out and message with recruiters like. Yeah. None of this feels fresh. None of it feels new. It feels like the Hail Mary pass uh, at the end of a game. None of it solves the problem for the companies who are looking for the types of talent that Dice says they're creating new profiles for. <laughs> I mean, woven teams, codify, hacker rank. I mean, helping the talent get the skills they need to play. Building coding communities, mentoring, and skilling up the players. DICE is so out of their depth when it comes to the actual need of the market. It feels like they're sprucing up the house for sale, but nobody wants to buy their painted cardboard box. It, it just it just falls so flat. And how much money are they spending on this? That's the big question. DHI, guys, what are you wasting money on over there? Yeah, yeah. Some so some of the numbers here that you look up, they have they have nine million candidate profiles still. Uh, they have over five thousand enterprise subscribers that are using the service. Income of nineteen point four million. Uh, that's down for, that's down seventeen percent from two thousand nineteen. Uh, DHI as a whole reported thirty three point two million in revenue, which was down twelve percent year on year from uh, Q one, I believe, in twenty twenty one. So the numbers suck. They're not going to get better. No. And again, Hail Mary. We'll see what happens. Their stock has been bouncing over the past few months. Uh, so some some people on Wall Street and some shareholders do believe uh, in the plan. We'll see. So Art 2010 called and they want their go-to-market strategy back, buddy. Art, come on the show, man. Convince us that what you're doing is innovative and that you're on the right track. You always are invited 
on the Chad and Cheese podcast. As the best ad tool in the industry, JobAdX has been providing job board publishers, direct employers, agencies, RPOs, and staffing firms, dynamic job bidding and real-time ad delivery through our programmatic job advertising exchange. When we started, we described JobAdX as AdSense for jobs. Now, we offer much more with Switchboard and LiveAlert, completing our full suite of dynamic programmatic advertising tools with the best of consumer ad tech. Switchboard offers our dynamic technologies to all partner job board feed management, and LiveAlert eliminates latency and expired job ads via email. For more information about any of our ad solutions, please reach out to us at joinus@jobadx.com. That's join us at jobadx.com. JobAdX, the best ad tool providing smarter programmatic for all your advertising needs. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, text kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. Text Kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey, kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> Okay, before we get into the next topic, I've got to know your thoughts on Major League Baseball moving their all-star game from Georgia to Colorado. What do you think about this? It's a it's a political move, right? But it's a business move. Yeah, business move. And it's also, you you know, you look at a league that is very diverse. Yeah. Uh, I mean, baseball probably more than any other sport, at least in our country. I mean, soccer maybe, but that's not really a sport in our country. Uh, but for baseball, I mean, it's probably the, the most diverse, you know, set of employees being the players. And to make statements like this, it seems a little late to the game because football has sort of been carrying the the baton of um, equality uh, for quite a while. Um, but it's it's a great move. Look, I think. You know, you and I debate. You know, is it is it government? You know, who should be sort of making these moves? And to see the market um, forces, private industry uh, make statements like this, I think is awesome. I think it's it's fantastic. And obviously, voting rights in light of uh, the twenty twenty election is going to be a hot topic going into the next presidential and the next interim interim uh, twenty 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 two. 
uh, we see states like Kentucky, of all places, become the easiest place to vote uh, in light of Georgia. So baseball made a statement and you're looking at certain states, uh, you know, make statements around we're making it easier or tougher. Uh, politics is always going to sort of rear its ugly head in most things that we do uh, in in life. So to me, like for sports to make political statements, that's something that's been going on my whole life. And I applaud baseball for doing this and good for Colorado for being able to snag up, you know, that that banner from them and, and host the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is uh, like a hundred million dollars uh, that's lo- going to be lost uh, by Atlanta and the state of Georgia because of the decision that they made to make voting tougher. I hate it for the people of Georgia because this was six white guys in a room signing the legislation, right? And they're going to take the brunt of it. And to, to watch Coke and Delta uh, come out after this signing mm-hmm. instead of before, you know, I, I think that rings hollow more than anything because those are huge brands in Georgia. And yep. I hate, I hate that they didn't come out and actually say what they said afterwards, right? This is this now let, let's hope this has some type of impact on all the other states that they see what's happening. But uh, from an optic standpoint, from a brand standpoint, also from an employment standpoint, this I think is a negative for their brand. If they came out beforehand and they supported the people and actually trying to broaden up uh, the opportunity to vote, um, would have been different. Yeah, it's actually, a, I mean, it feels like a real a big step back because you had Stacey Abrams and, I mean, Georgia basically delivered two yes. Democratic senators. Which uh, is why you see this happen On the back. Yeah. So now you see, yeah, this is the reaction and uh, baseball made a statement and, you know, good on them. But I think, I think Georgia is trending in the right way in terms mm-hmm. of making voting more. This is sort of the last, the last grasp or gasp of the establishment, maybe, hopefully, um, and things will change because certainly it felt that way, uh, in the presidential race in, in 2020. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Delta, you mentioned also, uh, I was, I was, I was impressed. It was, it was a little bit off, off brand maybe because you don't really expect Delta to say, Hey, you need to treat people with respect. <laughs> You're a big Delta guy, so I won't get too much into that. But uh, I, so, I dig Delta. Yeah, so Delta, uh, I'm in, I'm in there. You probably got this too, right? Your Sky Miles emails, and so they sent out an email about that was United, wasn't it? Was it United? It was United. Fuck. All right. Well, <laughs> should we even talk about it? Yes. Yes. Okay. So uh, so sticking with airlines, uh, so United sent me uh, an email. I'm sure I wasn't the only one, but they're really embracing diversity. So in this email that they sent, uh, quote, we're creating a more diverse, equitable, and inclusive workplace um, and world. They will train. Uh, they're dedicated to training 5,000 new pilots by 2030 at least half of whom will be women and people of color. Uh, They're also going to remove some of the financial barriers of entry uh, through partnering with, I believe, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase by providing millions of dollars in scholarship commitments um, as well as student loans that ensure applicants will not be turned away solely because they cannot afford uh, to enroll. So applause, uh, big applause there for United for being on the the right side of diversity. Yeah, well, I... I have to say that the, the, it's definitely going to be hard. I, I, I appreciate them putting the stake in the ground, but many commercial pilots actually come from the military. It's mm-hmm. like the easy button. They have the experience, <laughs> flight time, the whole ball of wax, right? But the military leans heavily male. 
and only about 20% of the current active military reserves and national guard are female. So the airlines are already pulling from a male heavy uh, pool of talent. Uh, I also went on uh, pilotinstitute.com and found out that uh, there are only about 7% of females who are categorized currently as pilot only. So I think, you know, DEI, as we talk about all the time, is the new AI. Everybody's talking about it, but you, uh, United Airlines seems to truly be putting their, their stake in the ground. Yeah. And, you know, little teaser, we talked to, to Jackie Clayton uh, over at um, Seek Out and yeah. she, she kind of got a laugh out of, you know, uh, like metropolitan areas that'll, that will say uh, companies there will say, you know, we're going to increase our, our, our black uh, hiring by 30% or to 30% of our workforce and 5% of the whole state or whole, whole city is, is actually, is actually African American. So you, companies make these bi- these big, bold statements without really sort of thinking through the numbers. Um, and let's be honest, who in 2030 is going to go to United and say, Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you guys fulfill that, uh, that commitment to 50 or 5,000 new pilots that are, that are of color or are female? Probably not. So it's easy to make that claim in 2021. Uh, we'll see if anyone holds it to holds them to it in 2030. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna talk to them in 2030 on the podcast. That's what we're gonna do. Uh, if we're still doing this in 2030, <laughs> you have permission to shoot me. Anybody, everybody. Five years. Just put me uh, out of my misery. Pl- well, they're they're also opening a pilot training academy in Arizona. We talk about this all the time. Is I don't know why companies don't have their own training, whether it's um, working directly with colleges and universities, working together with uh, certification organizations, tech schools, whatever, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Working with them to work with the talent to, to be ready to hire on day one and, mm-hmm. and pay for that training, right? These guys are actually building, manufacturing pilots, talent, through this school that will become United Pilots. They'll, I'm sure, uh, be put on contract. I mean, it, it's the mm-hmm. same kind of thing that you see in the military. This should be what all smart companies are doing. But what they love doing is looking at Uncle Sam and saying, hey, when are you going to build that uh, skills gap program that you've been talking about forever? And then they lean on corporate welfare. This is putting your money where your mouth is. So hopefully we do see that more diverse group of pilots coming out. But this is a hell of a step. And speaking of smart companies, Chad, Uber was in the news this week. And I know how much you love them. What were what were they up to this week? They're discriminating against blind people who who want to ride in Ubers, but they can't. I mean, is there, is there anything worse than discriminating against? I mean, leaving Blind people. This is literally the saddest thing I've I read yeah. in so, a long time. So in 2016, Uber paid $2.6 million because of this problem, actually mm-hmm. leaving blind people, not giving them rides. And they're now paying an additional $1.1 million to a blind woman mm-hmm. who says she missed work, missed yep. her her birthday celebration uh, missed Christmas Eve church services uh, and was left out in the dark in the rain and with other such humiliations because Uber drivers refused to carry her and her dog on uh, 14 different occasions. Oh, 
Can we read that again real quick? Okay. She missed work, her yes. birthday, yes. Christmas Eve church services. Yes. She's left out in the dark in the rain and her dog is with her the whole time. Yes. Like, it's, it's just so sad. And by the way, uh, the million dollars that she was awarded, guess how much she actually got of that? Oh God, how much? 324,000. Her lawyers got the other 800 plus thousand. Oh, uh, again, robbing from the blonde. <laughs> Jesus. Just, so, so, so the question is, is, okay, so first off, it was reported that drivers from 2016, the 2016 mm-hmm. case, they weren't disciplined. So what's the punishment no. for leaving a blind woman in the rain? Number one. Number two, is this Prop 22 biting Uber in the ass? Because if they were actually employees, where'd there be higher ramifications and punishment for something like this? There'd be more fear, probably. I mean, and so what, so Uber was in a lot of stories this week, but so the other one that, that we're, that you, you touched on was- They need people. When, when Uber was afraid, yeah, they need people too, but when Uber was afraid that, that uh, they'd have to count people as employees, they started giving them more freedom to- the rates that they charged, who they picked up, et cetera. Uh, so some of this shit happens and then, and then they, they don't get pinched by the government. So now everyone, so they're pulling back those freedoms from people. So they're dealing with that headache. And then the story that came out today was, gee, no one wants to drive for Uber and Lyft uh, at the moment because they're get, they might get sick and there aren't any rides and they're just like doing laps around the, you know, the neighborhood hoping to pick somebody up. So life is not great at Uber this week yeah well and again this is to me seems like prop 22 at least in california or at least the thought of prop 22 happening throughout the united states is biting uber in the ass they 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 believe the drivers are going to be there right but when they're not what the fuck are they going to do especially if those drivers aren't earning a wage and they can't find people looking for rides guess what yeah it's going to dry up. You can't have your cake and eat it too. If people aren't employees, then they're going to do shit like this. They're going to go rogue and treat people like shit sometimes. Apparently, this woman this woman was even yelled at by multiple Uber drivers because of her, her dog. That is how she sees, by the way. Because she was blind and she needed a seeing eye dog. You know, Steve, it feels like we keep getting pushed to hire more and better candidates with no more budget. Right? I wish there was a way to get better results from what we're doing. Actually, I heard in an episode of Chad and Cheese about this framework from Jobvine. Oh yeah, Evolve. It's a technology agnostic framework to help TA teams get better results from their recruiting efforts. And we don't even have to be a Jobvite customer to use it. I bet we would get better results if we orchestrated all of our efforts. You mean like a centralized process and all of our channels working together? For sure. Whether it's job boards, social, or even texting with candidates. Let's do that. Jobbite.com forward slash evolve. I'll send you the link. Cool. I'm going to finish watching this episode of Bridgerton. That's a brand that won't leave you out in the rain, kids. Jobvite <laughs> will not leave you out in the rain. And who's sexier than Jobvite? Almond. Almond's pretty sexy. <laughs> He's a singer. 
<laughs> oh my God. I, I was hoping we'd never have to talk about David Kent again, but I guess if we have to talk about him, it's good that it's because he was really found to be an asshole. This is a throwback. So you've got to give some history on this. Total throwback. Uh, I want to say two years ago uh, when we had, he was at the top of my naughty or nice list from a couple years ago. So, so this douchebag, he started rig zone, sold it to whoever big company dhi right yeah who then sold it anyway so he sold it to dhi and then he left to start another company that was a competitor uh called oil pro yes he took all the data of all the he took all the resumes he took all the customers i think he took at least one of the engineers that helped build uh rigs on basically took everything like took their money and then left and took all their intellectual property and then started a competitor and then also started, I, I think, po- trying to poach employees yeah. from Rig Zone to come to Oil Pro. Well, shockingly, the dude got found out, uh, went to jail, uh, and then was sued, obviously. So this week, it came to a head. A federal jury in Houston awarded Rig Zone about $3 million after agreeing its founder, David Kent, stole trade secrets to launch oilpro.com, uh, Rigzone was awarded more than $3 million in damages for misappropriation of trade secrets. The jury also found that Kent violated the Racketeer-Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. That sounds pretty serious. So, yeah, he, uh, you know, he did, he behaved badly and he got pinched for it. The justice system worked. Was he found guilty for being a douchebag as well? <laughs> Uh, a douchebag and being really, really stupid. Unfortunately, that's not a crime in America, but maybe it should be. In this case, when you jack the candidate database that you just sold somebody <laughs> and then you start a competing company, uh, just it's for beyond starters. stupid. Just it's, for starters. Yeah, it's beyond stupid. Yeah, kids, don't do that. <sighs> and on that note, we out. out. Thank you for listening to, what's it called? The podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho, pepper jack, Swiss. So many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out. You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. 
and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.